following podcast is going to be explicit. Listener's discretion is advised. Let me start off right now by saying rest in peace to Screech, Dustin Diamond. Uh, He died a couple weeks ago. I don't think I announced it on my episodes, like last week's episode, but I want to say rest in peace to uh, Dustin Diamond Screech. I want to say rest in peace to a black professional wrestler, uh, Butch Reed. He passed away because of uh, heart complications. So rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to uh, Larry Flint, the creator of Hustler. I was more of a Playboy type of guy. What I mean by Playboy was that I knew more of Playboy because the iconic bunny logo from Playboy uh, marketing. But I know of Larry Flint because I he was the man who did Hustler. And he had a whole movie about himself. So rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Christopher Palmer. He was a actor. He was um, known... I know him because of being the main villain on Up, the Disney movie Up, and also being the grandpa on Knives Out. I just watched that movie a couple months ago. Great movie. Have you ever seen it? See it. Uh, rest in peace to Frederick Price. He was a pastor in Crenshaw uh, Christian Center. He was a big mega. Uh, he was a big time pastor over there. Uh, so rest in peace to him and rest in peace to Brandon Smith. He was 24 and he was a five-time winner on Jeopardy. Uh, he died mysteriously and we still haven't figured out what happened. But rest in peace to all these people that uh, I just named. But now getting out of the way, let's start the program. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to my Two Cents Podcast, episode 9, which is entitled... It is titled, All I Need, and that clip was from Mary J. Blodge and Method Man's You're All I Need. That fits into the theme of the episode today. I am talking about black women, but today... Yes, today is Valentine's Day, so happy Valentine's Day to every loving couple out there, every mom and dad, every uh, spouse, every boyfriend and girlfriend, boyfriend and boyfriend, and girlfriend and girlfriend. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day. I hope everybody's doing something great on Valentine's Day. Now, before I get into my topic of black women, let me list off uh, the National Food Days for the week. Today, February 14th, today's National Food Day is Filled Chocolates Day. See, that kind of goes in with the whole Valentine's theme. Chocolates, come on, get with it. February 15th, Gumdrop Day and Chewing Gum Day. February 16th, Almond Day. February 17th, Cafe Aulet Day. It's coffee with hot milk. February 18th is Drink Wine Day. February 19th is Chocolate Mint Day. And February 20th is Cherry Pie Day and Muffin Day. Now, let me get... To my point, and yeah, and breaking news. This is quick. Um, Donald Trump has been acquitted. He will. He, this is his second impeachment trial. Well, not trial, but this was his second time being impeached. But he was found acquitted. You guys can think about that amongst yourself. But that was just a quick uh, tidbit, just to get that out the way. Now, 
let me explain why I decided to use today to use uh, for black women that for my subject for today. Black women have been the biggest supporters of every race. They are the biggest supporters of anybody. They're on the front lines for anything. If anything happens to go wrong, they're on the front lines. They are, they start petitions. If somebody happens to lose a family member, it's always a woman reaching out first before the dude does. Um, I mean, it's been documented. Black women are the backbone of America. They're the backbone of their family. People might say that the husband is the backbone of the family. I digress. I, I, uh, I don't agree with that all the way. I can see in ways how people would think it. But statistically, when you look at it, when a black man either is killed, you see black women on the front line uh, raising awareness of what happened to that black man. If a black uh, woman gets killed, is a black woman on the front lines, A, saying, say her name, like the Breonna Taylor. It's whenever a black uh, child gets killed, the first thing you pick up on on the news, you they'll interview the black mother, they'll interview the mom before they interview the dad. And it's all on the mother's shoulder to maintain some stability for her family. If a black man gets carted away into jail like the jail system is now, you have black women out here trying to provide for her children and provide for herself. Right now, there in this time that we're in, and even before the time that we were in, you had black women that have visited or that would visit their baby fathers or their husband in uh, jail that are incarcerated. And they would either A, take the kids with them, or B, have to go up and there by themselves because they know their spouse or their significant other a, a baby father would be in a bad mood and they didn't want their kids to see it. I mean, there's so many levels to this whole thing. But I'm going to start at the beginning of when we got here. Well, not got here, when we were brought here. Black women got brought here, and black men, just the whole black um, citizens, were captured and brought here to America. We were sold to different uh, people, and in that trade act, in that act of selling humans to other people for the highest bidder, you will separate families. Now, a black woman, or just a woman in general, but I'm speaking in a black woman for this instance, they carry a child in their stomach for nine months or however long they do carry them. They have to give birth to this child. They would watch this child grow and hopefully wish for them to get married and have a successful life, right? 
in the slavery era, you would have the mom holding her kids with them and they would get sold off one by one. Either the mom by herself leaving the two kids behind would get sold first or the buyer would want to buy the kids first and not the mom. Either way being, you have a dynamic right there, a whole scene of a mother crying because her kids are getting being taken away from her dragged away from her at this exact moment or you will have the mother being dragged away from her children at that exact moment and it's a whole crying thing that is hard as a black man it's in our, it's ingrained in us to protect our family it's ingrained in the way of don't Come around my family, think you're going to talk all this smack and nothing's going to happen to you. You're going to get hurt, one way or another. And usually in that instance, whenever somebody gets hurt because somebody talks smack about a black man's family, police officers get called up or retaliation of lethal retaliation, either the black man getting jumped or getting shot either way he dies of the instance that or he gets carted away and going off to prison the black woman has to be the one holding the bag or in this case raising the children you see a lot of black men in jail right now and who's at home holding the house down the black woman the black woman is home having to feed the kids, having them go to work, having to, in the morning, make sure the kids are up and alert so they can go to school when they get home, make sure the kids did their homework, make sure the kids are studying, make sure the kids have good grades. You got to make sure that you have enough food in the cabinet so your kids and you won't go starving. You got to make sure your car is right. Take it to the auto shop so you won't be walking around with the children. Or if it happens, the car does break down. You got to have an um, a auto repair guy on speed dial so he can come and pick your car up. And in that case, you got to make sure the funds are right in your bank account. And so happen if the electricity gets cut off, you got to find some candles and all these things black women have to do whenever the black man is not at home they're not in the household for the children black women are the rock of a house they make sure everything runs smoothly let me give you an instance a black comedian right now Kev on stage right now he will admit to you how yeah, he might be the guy that goes out there and make money right now because of this whole pandemic crisis situation. But he has no idea how to pay bills. All the finances and all everything of that nature, of that parameter, goes over to the wife. He lives carefree in the instance of, okay, I don't have to pay this bill or I don't have to get my kids clothing. I don't have to get my own clothing. Because she takes care of that. And I'm just using him as an example. No disrespect. 
But that's the case. Us as black men, we're out there. We're meant to provide for the household. And in certain households, you go out there and you either have to sling some type of uh, substance or you go out there and get a job of government standards and try to bring home some type of revenue so the wife can go to the grocery store buy all the things that she needs for the house to run she has to buy the kids clothing buy the kids backpacks buy the kids school supplies i mean there's so many things that black women do that i don't believe get applauded for as i said before they're the rock of a household they're the rock of america but let me get back to the slavery part of early black women and black civilization in america they now are going to their captives land and they now have two choices either a they work in the fields with other slaves other black human beings that were captured and sold off into desolence and heinous hell of an environment or you work inside and become the slave master's servant butler nanny chef uh maid i mean just everything you become the hand worker in the house you see in movies and you hear of tales of a black woman going inside the slave master's uh, house and they are washing up the woman or washing up the children or even washing up the dude and they have to cook their food cook the children's food just cook that whole family's food then after that they have to wash that family's dishes and then after that they have to make the slave master's bed and make the children's bed and then this is disgusting because no black man has ever had to have this part some black women would get abused by their captives and in that instance they would have a child out of that they would be holding the child of an incident between herself and the slave master because the slave master forced himself onto her do you not know how crazy that sounds you are captured you're on somebody's land you don't even know how you even gotten there and you are now being forced upon by your captor and he has he 
rapes. I'm trying to use the best word, but he basically rapes you, and you are now holding the product of that incident in your stomach. And you don't know what to do. You're stunned. You're going, you, your whole mind is discombobulated because of that instance and you knowing that you're pregnant and you just don't know what to do so you have the baby and now you have to protect that child because you don't hold resentment to that child because of what happened to you you hold resentment to your capture for raping you but you always show love to that baby because that baby never asked to be here. A black woman at that time and still to this day have those feelings and emotions running through their head. I can never know how that feels. Because as a black man, we might get abused by another man or we might get date raped by a female, but we aren't carrying another human being in our stomach we aren't carrying another life form somewhere in our stomach we're not we can't have that daily reminder of a rape happening and the mental anguish that it afflicts onto you that it does a black man, we, we we never experienced that. We have different mental anguishes that goes upon our body, into our head, but it's not the same as a black woman. A black woman is more emotional-driven, physical-driven, and mental. That's why a black woman needs to be, to be protected at all times. But anyway, let me get back to the black woman during slavery period during that time you would see a lot of kids out of wedlock because of their captive rape them and you see them giving birth and then they would have to protect the child and the captor's wife would notice the child because there's no way she didn't notice it there's no way she didn't. And this woman that was raped now has to kind of play it off and hide the kid or say that that kid belongs to another slave out there, another black man out there, or the black man that she married out there. Because at that time, black women and black men were getting married secretly in slavery but nevertheless, the black woman had to hide the true identity of the child's father because she was afraid of what might happen to that child. A black mother's weakness is her child. You can mess with a black mother all day, but once you come messing around with her child, that is a big problem. A black mother will destroy anybody that comes next to harming her child. That's a true fact. But imagine the tolls that a black woman had to 
think about on a daily to day basis in that time frame. And then when a black mother would be captured with her baby on a ship, because there's a great scene in Amistad, you they see a man getting whipped by their by their captor by their captors by their people that captured them. And in a moment on the ship, you see all the black people on that ship just watching this happen. They're they can't really do nothing. They're afraid to do something. But out of the corner of the main character's eye, he sees a black woman holding her baby. And you see her get up on the top of the corner of the ship. Well, the top side of the ship, and she falls back with a baby in her chest. That is insane. She drowned herself and her baby because she did not want herself and her baby to live as slaves to somebody else. That's a complete mental toll, a complete crack in the woman's psyche because that's not what's supposed to happen. A woman's supposed to protect her child, but she ended up protecting her child. But in that time, in that exact same instance, she ended up killing herself and her baby. So it's a double-edged sword. She protected her child, but she ended her and her child's life. I'm just saying, black women, especially at that time, needed protection and us as black men we tried we try to protect them as much as we can but there was a mental crack in the black cranium because black men were afraid black women were afraid and black children were afraid of what would happen to them because their captives their cap their cap the guys that captured them they're the merchants they took them and they brutalize other people in front of them to let them know, if you try this, this is what's going to happen to you. So, throughout slavery, in some time, black people were afraid to run. But certain black people did run. Certain black people were able to get away and go off to the north. And some of them didn't. And some of them got captured hung, beaten, just hellish actions fell upon them. But the most prolific slave that was able to run away was Harriet Tubman. Now, we all heard of Harriet Tubman. We've all went to history class. We've all know of the heroic nature of Harriet Tubman. But Here's certain things I didn't know about Harriet Tubman. I didn't know that she freed over 300 slaves within 10 years span. And within those 10 years, she made 19 trips back to the south and back up north with the slaves that she would rescue from the south. And in that process... Harriet Tubman had narcolepsy. Now, I always heard what narcolepsy is, but I didn't know what it was until I 
looked and just did a simple Google search. And narcolepsy is the uncontrollable sleepiness. Which basically means I could be talking to you right now as I am to this microphone. And then in a quick instance, I can go to sleep. It could be five minutes, ten minutes, or an hour later, I could wake up. And I won't know what just happened because that was a quick sleep. That's what narcolepsy is. Uncontrollable sleepiness. So you mean to tell me that Harriet Tubman was able to free over 300 slaves over a 10-year span, 19 trips back and forth from the south to the north, and she didn't get catched. You mean to tell me that's not worth being on a $20 bill? You mean to tell me that's not greatness personified? You mean to tell me that we have to go through channels to put her on a $20 bill after showing that much courage? Showing that much bravery of herself? Come on, man. Put her on the 20. It's not that hard to do. Put Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill. She's earned it. Do it. If not the 20, shoot, put her on the $1 bill if you want to do it. But put her on some type of money quota. Currency. Put her on it. She has deserved it. That is insane. I... I've never heard of somebody being narco being having narcolepsy and able to do what they do. I haven't heard of that. She was able to do all that, and the reason why I was also able to understand more about Harriet Tubman was because I watched a Harriet Tubman film that was made. At the beginning, I didn't want to watch it because I didn't want to watch another slave movie. And I knew Harry Tubman freed slaves. I knew this because the Underground Railroad. But whenever you watch the movie, you get a bigger understanding of Harriet Tubman. You get an understanding that she was chosen by the man upstairs to lead the people, her people, black people, to freedom. She was chosen. This wasn't her design to do this. No, she wanted to be free. She fled. She became free. And then it was chosen and given to her by God to go back and free more black people that were enslaved if you haven't seen the movie see it I completely completely uh suggest it when you think of black women in America you're going to think of black women that might act what you deem ratchet no that's not ratchetness at all that's what you call culture. That's what you call flavor. That's what you call just themselves. Because, I, let me give you a history lesson or something. 
or a personal story. I was living in Alabama at a time. And I had to go to Walmart and get hair products. And it was black women hair products. I had to go to Walmart. I went in there. And I thought it was just going to be just a complete aisle by itself of just women hair products. But that was far from the truth. I go in there. I see black woman hair products. Not black woman, but white woman hair products all down one aisle, and I turn around, it's all down another aisle. I'm just looking for, okay, where's the black woman box that I know of? Because my mom usually has those type of things for my mother's hair or my sister's hair. I asked a Walmart associate, a black female Walmart associate, and I asked her, hey, where's the soft and beautiful? She points it over to me. Okay, I'll show you. And she points over right here and I said and I say this to her just what just cuz I'm cuz I'm a logical person. I'm thinking about and I and I said this out loud. Why is it that black people's products are right here and white people's products are right there? Hair products are hair products. They should just put them together. She said, "Yeah, they should." But we don't that was just fascinating to me. I understand black people's hair and white people's hair are different. I understand that completely. But some white women use black people's hair products. And certain black people use white women hair products. That is just hair products just to make your hair soft and bouncy. That's... It's unfathomable to me. That's just one step that black women have to go through. Black women have to go into white women hair products to try to find out what goes into their hair if they don't see their normal black uh, products in a store. They have no other choice but to go to a white person's product. There should be more black products in the market. And if not that, just put black products and white products together in one aisle. Don't make black people have to search around for their products in a store. That makes no sense. But I digress. Let me get back to (laughs) how great black women are. Black women have always been the backbone for black men. I'm about to play you a clip of Dave Chappelle talking about Emmett Till. You know, I'm going to give you a history lesson because I'm sure this wasn't on your entry exam. But every naturalized American has heard something about what I'm about to tell you. A picture is the early 50s in the United States. This 14-year-old boy goes down from Chicago to Mississippi to meet his extended family for the first time. He'd never been to Mississippi. And before he went, his mother said to him, uh, very pointedly, she said, if a white man looks you in your eyes in Mississippi, look away. And I don't know what you know about black people from Chicago, but they're not a scared people. (laughs) Legend has it, 
He was in front of a convenience store, hanging out with his cousins, having a good time. And a white woman walked out of the store, and he thought she was pretty. And he said, bye, baby. Not realizing that he had just made a fatal mistake. Four days later, four days later, a group of adult white men burst into this family's home and snatched a 14-year-old boy out of bed in front of his family that was powerless to stop them, and he was never seen alive again. His name was Emmett Till. They found his body maybe a few days later. It was in a creek tied to a wheel so it would sink, horribly beaten and bloated. Hideous. And lucky for everybody in America, his mother was a fucking gangster. <laughs> she was. If you can imagine, in the very midst of a mother's worst nightmare, this woman had the foresight to think about everybody. She said, leave my son's casket open. She said, the world needs to see what they did to my baby. And every publication here in the United States, from Jet Magazine all the way to the New York Times, had this boy's horribly bloated body on its cover. And if our civil rights movement was a car, this boy's dead body was premium gas. This was a very definitive moment in American history where every thinking and feeling person was like, ugh, we got to do better than this. And they fought beautifully, and here we all are. As Dave Chappelle pointed out, it was the black kid getting murdered by white men in his distant family's house and his mother decided to display her child's body around the country to show off what they did to her child. Now, I don't know about you, but I w wouldn't have done that. But Emmett Till's mother had the foresight to let America know, look at what you have done to my child. Look at what America has done to my sweet baby boy. That's a black mother for you. A black father, I'm not going to lie, we would have. <laughs> stormed a place down trying to look for the person that killed our son but a mother she plays I hate this analogy but it's so true she plays chess while black men we play checkers and yes checkers sometimes is much better than chess but in this instance the chess was greater than the checkers you gave Emmett Till's mother free publicity to show off what they've done to her child. I don't care what race you are. I don't care how you feel about somebody. If somebody's child were to get beaten down and brutalized and murdered in such a heinous capacity, you'll put all your 
crappy thoughts away. And you have no other choice but to feel compassion for her. And until Mama held it down. And she pushed America in a direction to make them understand. Hey, there's a problem. America has a problem. And it's up to you to fix it. Fix it. Which leads me to Coretta. Oh no, it's Coretta, sorry. Coretta Sky King, who was Martin Luther King's wife. She was in the background, or she was side by side with her husband as he was doing great works to unify black people, white people, red people, yellow people, just people in general together. And once her husband died, she had to hold the fort down for her children. She had to raise up her children without their father now. She had to make sure food was always going to be put on the table. She had to make sure that the kids' clothes were right. She held the house down. You could talk to all the king's children now. And they will tell you that her, that the, her, their mother was able to hold the house down. Hold the fort down. Same thing with Malcolm X's wife. Betty Shabazz. Or Shabazz. Sorry again for butchering the name. Betty Shabazz. Mark, Malcolm X was murdered because he left the nation of Islam, but it wasn't the nation of Islam that killed him. It was government officials that killed him. And whenever that happened, she had to be the provider for her children. She had to go out and make sure things get done. She had to do a lot of things to make sure that her life and her children's life or at least became some normalcy after her husband had gotten murdered. Her mother that the public claimed a radical, her husband that was claimed as somebody that was just a puppet for the nation of Islam, a puppet for Elijah Muhammad. They called every they called both Malcolm X and Martin Luther King everything but the children of God or Allah in Martin not Martin but Malcolm X's situation. They called those two everything. When Malcolm X died, that was something. When Martin Luther King died, he was voted the most hated man in America. So if he was the most hated man in America, imagine what his wife was. They looked at her like she was complete something else. They looked at her like, oh my God, you were married to Martin Luther King. So you must think just like him. Evilness. She had to deal with so much Racism, I guarantee you, after her husband passed and also while her husband was living. It's crazy if anybody tries to kick dirt upon her name. And if you do, you are dirt yourself. You can't 
understand what type of pressure it is to be next to somebody that powerful. That somebody feels that much afraid that they have to take out your spouse and leave you there holding the bag. That's insanity. But again, this is the world we live in. And I want to give shout outs and praise to every black woman that has been holding it down for their man while they're in prison, holding it down for uh, their man while they're off somewhere taking care of business for the family or holding it down in general because their guy is now dead in, I mean, just just dead. I want to say that I want to say thank you for holding it down for them because it's difficult. It's difficult out here being a black man in this world, but it's, I see it as more difficult being a black woman in this world that is married to such a black, to marry to a black man in this world because a black woman, she has to make sure that her man's all right whenever he comes home, listen to his gripes and everything that's going on in his, that's an injustice towards him. Everything that has happened to him throughout his life, they have, they, women play therapist for the men. Whenever he comes home, she cooks for him, she cleans for him, she has his clothes done. Those are the typical, and I mean, the typical thing of a, housewife does I'm not saying that's what happens now because women have that whole progression movement and they're working and even then certain women at work they still come home and they still cook they clean and still do the clothes for their men and children so yet again man I gotta give it up to the women before I forget nice shout out to Rosa Parks who was the spark that led Malcolm X and Martin Luther King to become bigger public figures during the civil rights movement. Rosa Parks started the civil rights movement in America's eyes and in history books' eyes. She refused to give up her seat to a white civilian because at that time, black people had to sit in the back of public transportation. She sat in the front. She was not going to give up her spot. And why should she? Why should anybody give up their spot that they're already sitting at? It made no sense for black people to have sat in the back when that was court or state or by law regulated for black people to sit in the back. It made no sense. But Rosa Parks, she made the choice to sit in the front. She didn't want to get up, so she had to get arrested. And she became the martyr for the civil rights movement to officially kick off into high gear. So I want to say thank you to Rosa Parks for that one. Thank you for being a real one, for not giving it up, you see. It's ridiculous how much black women had to give up in this world. As a matter of fact, another black woman that didn't get her just due in America was... Hold on.
Esther Jones. Esther Jones was the original ideal for Betty Boop. Esther Jones would be in nightclubs performing a routine and it made a cartoonist basically draw Betty Boop. Betty Boop was black, not white. The original Betty Boop. And then it came to um, Esther getting her <laughs> act stolen by Helen Kane, a white woman. Helen Kane stole Esther Jones' whole act and just flavored, well, deflavored it with a certain voice. Change. And Helen Kane tried to sue the makers of Betty Boop. But then in the lawsuit, Esther Kane, Esther Jones, sorry, was brought in as a witness or somebody just give their testimony. And she talked about how she did her routine first before Helen Kane ever did her routine. As a matter of fact, Helen Kane saw Esther Jones do her routine. And Helen Kane just basically just ganked it. She straight up just took her whole um, act. That is what we like to call plagiarism in college. In civilization's words, that's what you call stealing. And nobody likes a thief, and nobody likes somebody plagiarizing. In college, you can get a fat zero for that. And in civilization, you can go to jail or face a fine for that. But Ellen Kane, she didn't face a fine. She didn't face nothing. She stole a woman's act. She made it not even her own. And she tried to sue for money for people of Betty Boop. Off of her stealing from a black woman. Come on, G. You can't do that. What type of person are you? To steal a whole person's routine, but... I digress. This just shows another example of a black woman not getting her just due. And another example in Hollywood is whenever Viola Davis brought up her different pay from somebody like of Meryl Streep. I'm going to play you a clip that Viola Davis did in 2018 at a panel. And she's going to talk about how her pay is Subsequently different, but in Hollywood, they call her the Black Meryl Streep. Here is Viola Davis's clip. We won't talk about gender inequality of pay because a lot of the women who've stepped forward, and I stand in solidarity with them, okay? What they're getting paid, which is half of what a man is getting paid, well, we get probably a tenth of what a Caucasian woman gets. And I'm number one on the call sheet. And then I have to go in and I have to hustle for my worth. That's what I feel like I'm doing when I demand what I feel. Listen, I have a more than a 30-year professional career. I, have, I had a friend who said, yeah, but Viola, your career is better than my career. I said, yeah, but you can't compare me to you because, once again, 
I got the Oscar, I got the Emmy, I got the two Tonys, I've done Broadway, I've done Off-Broadway, I've done TV, I've done film, I've done all of it. I have a career that's probably comparable to Meryl Streep, Julianne Moore, let's Sigourney Weaver, they all came out of Yale, they came out of Juilliard, they came out of NYU, they had the same path as me, and yet I am nowhere near them. Not as far as money, not as, as far as job opportunities, nowhere close to it. And yet, I have to constantly get on that phone, and I have fabulous agents, by the way. They, they are getting it. But I have to get on that phone, and people say, you're a black Meryl Streep. <laughs> you are, and we love you. We love you. There is no one like you. Okay, then if there's no one like me, you think I'm that, you pay me what I'm worth. You give me what I'm worth. And, not, and, and even in terms of roles, because when I delve into a role, I want something complicated too. I do. Just like building the most unbelievable structure, a, sculpting, a, a sculptor wants to build the most unbelievable building. That's how I feel, that's what I, I do as a human being, as an artist. I want to build the most complicated human being. But what I get is the third girl from the left. Now, as you heard in that clip, Viola Davis mentioned how she wanted to get paid more. This is what America is all about, money. Everything's all about pay. And she has a lot of credits. I remember seeing her on Law & Order SVU. I remember seeing her on television and films. She did do uh, Broadway. But her pay was never the same as a white woman. I'm not going to say that's all white women's fault because Octavia Spencer, who Viola Davis did do a film with called The Help, great movie. <laughs> Octavia Spencer got a great moment in that movie that I believe if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. It start, it's with a pie. <laughs> Octavia Spencer mentioned how when she was going to do a new movie, a comedy movie, she was in talks with Jessica Chastain. She was also in The Help. She was the white woman that Octavia Spencer had to help in that movie. Well, towards the end of the movie. Octavia Spencer ends up being having to help her out in that movie. They have a friendship because he did the movie and Octavia and Jessica are now friends now. Jessica asks Octavia, how much are you getting paid? Octavia tells Jessica how much she's getting paid. And Jessica ends up saying to Octavia that I'm going to make sure that you get the exact same pay as I do. And what ends up happening? Jessica gets Octavia the exact same equal pay that she did. Now, Octavia didn't get as much as the men, but yet again, one step at a time. That was progression that showed that Octavia was able to get the exact same pay as Jessica Chastain. But that's not the case for every black female in Hollywood. That's not the same case. That's not the case for every black woman in a job, just a period. There is a wage gap difference. Yes, black, not black, but yes, men will get a bigger 
wage than a woman. But then when you look at statistics, it goes to black, not black men, but white men. Uh, I'm not sure if it's white woman next, but anyway, men than women. But then when you break down the women aspect, it's white women than probably black women. Or in some instances, it'll be another race or ethnicity above a black woman. But either way, a black woman does not get the exact pay that she deserves. And it should go without saying that that's wrong. Especially if you got the experience and the attribute in the well accomplishments that one per that one person has that the other doesn't. Let me give you the example here. A couple years ago, I'm not sure how many years ago it's been, but I'll say probably two thousand seventeen ish or two thousand Eighteen-ish. Was it 2018? My Monique. She was going to Netflix and she was trying to pitch them a comedy special. And Netflix say, okay, we'll give you the comedy special, but here's the pay. The pay was not the same of somebody of her caliber. Now, people might say, well, she, Joe, Monique wasn't that hot. Or who has been asking for a Monique stand-up or such and such and much, much. Ladies and gentlemen, I guarantee you Monique understands the the Hollywood um, landscape of what have you done for me lately? Or if you didn't leave a big uh, achievement when you left, nobody wants to see who's going to want to see you when you come back or make them want you to come back. In the instance of Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle left Chappelle's show and people were wondering, where is Dave, the great genius Dave Chappelle? And then he pops up, Netflix gives him straight up 40 or $50 million for a couple specials. Monique, she is an Oscar winner. She has achieved greatness on the Parker. She has done Queens of Comedy, a tour of her, Simone, and two other comedians. Matter of fact, that's disrespectful. Let me get those two other comedians' names up. The other two comedians' names were Adele Gibbons and Laura Hayes. They did a tour, and they were successful in the tour. Monique is a successful comedian. She can do drama. She won an Oscar in for a dramatic movie called Precious, in which Monique was playing the role of an abusive mother that was crazy, bad crap crazy to her daughter. But the thing is, Monique wasn't given the exact same opportunity in money as one Amy Schumer was. And people go in the whole gripe about that was Amy Schumer's was hot out here. Amy Schumer made a movie train wreck. It became number one. Amy Schumer is relevant. Monique isn't relevant. But Monique has never had a scandal of those jokes weren't hers. And the comedian stand and the comedian atmosphere 
there's an underlining thing with Amy Schumer of stealing jokes. And if you think I'm lying, YouTube has a whole compilation of Amy Schumer taking jokes from other comedians and just tweaking it. Just a small smidget, but play by play, scene side by side, she took those jokes. And people and comedians have said, well, we not every joke is original. We have listened to other comedians. No, 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 no. Go to YouTube, type out Amy Schumer, steal jokes. There is videos of pawn videos that have side-by-side -side comparisons of Amy Schumer doing that joke or Amy Schumer trying to remix that joke that she took from somebody. But let me get back to what I was saying of a black woman not getting appreciated in the Hollywood standard. Monique did not get the price that she deserved and she got killed on in the media. She got killed in entertainment. And it all goes back to her from declining of doing press for a movie. But in her contract, it doesn't say for her to do press. It's told for her to show up to the film and do your job. And that's it. You doing press. That's extra work if you want to do extra work. But Monique was such a star in that moment when she did the film that she didn't have to do promo. She didn't have to do that. But she got blackballed and she still is blackballed right now as I'm speaking to you because Lee Daniels, Tyler Perry, and Oprah Winfrey all came together and said, hey, yo, let's have her do press. But she said, nah, to do press. So she got nixed. She got blackballed by her own people in power. I hope that changes soon because if not, I just want Monique, Monique to succeed. She's a black woman that hasn't gotten her just due. Viola Davis is a black woman that hasn't gotten her just due. There's so many black women that didn't get that done that didn't that still haven't gotten their just due. Matter of fact, Regina King is just starting to get her just due. She played the voice O'Reilly and Huey on the Boondocks. And if you have watched the Boondocks or if you have HBO Max or if you can go to YouTube, just type in the Boondocks. If you haven't seen it, it is a great cartoon. But she plays the voice of Riley and Huey, the both main characters, two black boys that are completely opposite of one another. Huey is a political, um, he's a well-grounded black child and he knows the climate of which he's in he knows reality while huey not huey but riley he wants to play off the arrogant black juvenile uh child that media plays for a black adolescent and she plays the contrast so well she does that. She did Poetic Justice being the fun black girl with Janet Jackson and Tupac Shakur. She's done multiple other films. But she's now getting recognized now more in the public eye now 
because she was in The Watchmen as the main character of The Watchmen, which I have never seen, but there gets plenty of great reviews. She won Best Supporting Actress in If Beale Street Could Talk in 2018. And she just um, directed One Night in Miami. And if you haven't seen it, I beg of you to please see that film. That film is great. That film chronicalizes one night that Jim Brown, um, Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, and Sam Cooke are in a little motel room. And I mean, their conversations are deep. It's just so different in a way it makes you think. But anyway, the movie's great and it was directed by Regina King. Hollywood is giving Regina King these opportunities now that she has worked her butt off to get. It's insane and it's great. As a matter of fact, ah man, her pray her her work can't be praised enough. I'm happy that Hollywood's giving Regina King this shot because Hollywood usually only gives one black woman at one black woman at a time the limelight. And if you think I'm lying, I'm about to give you some examples now because I had to mention this to my mom, or or who else did I have to mention this to? I think I mentioned it to my mom. My mom, me and my mom had a little conversation about it, and she said no, that wasn't true. But I ended up having to explain, show it off to her, and then um, let me just break it to you. Hollywood might have a whole lot of black men to show up and be the focal point of black men of Hollywood. You got the Denzel Washingtons. You got the Morris Chestnuts, who's in every movie at a time. You got the Michael Ealy's now, who are in every B-list movie at a time when they need a black man to play a part. Um, you have the Kevin Hart's, who are in every movie because he's the black man in Hollywood, while The Rock, he is the man of Hollywood. And you got Anthony Anderson, who was dominating blackish television, in ABC television. You got all these different black men on television while black woman is different. In major motion pictures, at a time, it was Viola Davis. At a time, it was Octavia Spencer. But Octavia Spencer hits uh, other things now that might not get as much um, movie style coverage, uh, as in like revenue style, but at a time it was Octavia Spencer. At a big while, it was Lupita Nyong'o. You couldn't go without a black movie and have Lupita in that movie. Twelve Years a Slave. I noticed her in that. Us. She was in that. She was the voice of a Star Wars uh film. She was in Black Panther. I mean, just look up on Wikipedia. She she was dominating that. And that was my point for my mother. Black men, yes, we are we can switch. You can they always can find another black man in Hollywood, but for black women it's not the same. It always will be one significant black woman until her time is up, and then they'll pop her out and then pop in another black woman. A black woman who's been able to stand the test of time. 
is Tashina Arnold. She was Pam in Martin. Then she was Chris Rock's mama, and everybody hates Chris. And now she's in uh, the CBS show The Neighborhood with Cedric the Entertainer and um, the guy who's with... Uh, he was in the mayor for C for ABC show whenever the mayor was down there. But like I said, Tashina Arnold has been able to stand the test of time for television land. Um, I mean, it just shows to a point that black women, again, still do not get their just due. And I'm just here to show appreciation to black women. And let me start off with the appreciation for black women in the instance of this. And, and I'm going to say this as in, I have been giving praise to them all throughout this whole episode. I'm just now about to highlight a lot of black women innovations that they have done. And this is coming from uh, Yes Solutions Journalism. This is on their website, www.yessolutionjournalism. Uh, and the title of the article is 10 Black Women Innovate." innovators and awesome things they brought us and they listed dr shirley jackson who made um touchscreen she was matter of fact she was the first black woman to earn a doctorate from mit the first black woman the first black female president of a major technological institute and went to on to become the first black woman appointed chair of the u.s nuclear uh regulatory commission um, her work led to innovations along with development in touch tones, phones, portable tack, portable fax machines, and the fiber optic cables that make your long-distance phone calls coming crystal clear. Basically, what Tad was saying was, is that the cell phones that we have now, and you can call from one location to another, like, I can call you from South Carolina all the way down to California and, and you can hear me crystal clear. You got her to thank for that. You got Dr. Shirley Jackson to thank for that. We got the heater thanks to Alice H. Parker. Uh, she took it upon herself to design a natural gas fuel and new and improved heating furnace. Her design earned a patent in December 1919 and helped give birth to the thermostat and the familiar forced air furnaces in most homes today. So basically, if you are in the winter, and especially for you guys in the north, if it's winter time and you have to turn on your heater, thanks to Alice H. Parker, she helped uh, innovate and re-innovate the heating furnace itself. So thank you to Alice Parker. Thank you to uh, Sarah Good. She was the first African-American woman to file a patent. Um, she made space-saving furniture, basically meaning she made uh, s furniture that was able to be folded up and turned to something else. That's what she did. And, uh, matter of fact, here's one of her things right now. It said, seeking a, seeking a need for innovative space-saving solutions, good design the cabinet bed, a bed that could fold into a functioning desk. It looks like a Murphy bed, only more useful, a.k.a. if you have a bed that can turn into a desk that can do work at one time, it's basically just one function. It's one thing. One thing and two. It's a desk and a bed. Period. It's simple for you to understand. So thank you to Sarah Good. Thank you to Marie Von Britton-Brown. Her and her husband created a home security. 
They found a need in 1966. Brown and her husband filed a patent for a household closed-circuit television security system. The system had a camera at the front door that looked through one of four peepholes at different heights. That image was broadcast to the user on a telephone set in another part of the house. So, like I said, if you have home security, thank you to Marie Von Britton Brown and her husband, Albert. And rock and roll. It was invented in the 1930s and 40s by sister Rosetta Farp. Was one of the first people to combine gospel music with melody-driven urban blues, traditional folk, and unique posting swing style. Today, Thorpe's musical style is considered one of the first definite precursors of rock and roll. So, basically, if anybody that has listened to Elvis, uh, Little Richard, Johnny Cash, Chuck Berry, they all were biting her style, a black woman style. A good hairbrush was <laughs> a good hairbrush. It was invented by Linda D. Newman's invention was it was invented by linda d newman and it says in this article uh was simply yet uh revolutionary in 19 in 1898 newman patented her new and improved hairbrush though the brush had even uh separated bristles slots that kept dirt and hair neatly contained in a detangled detached compartment for easy cleaning i'm sorry for messing up these words but i'm reading it off of this uh website and i'm getting my words mixed up but nevertheless linda d newman she reinvented uh the hairbrush and in the black community hair is very important whether it could be a man or a female black hair is very important i just happen to always shave my hair off but i if i were to keep hair on my head i would just probably keep it low a low boy but you can look at every athlete you can look at uh john boyega you can look at any black woman on bet series or movies or any black woman in movies now or even in the past black hair is essential it makes up an identity in the black community hair is especially important hair is a multi-billion dollar business in the black community but i give thanks to linda d newman's for helping renovate uh the hairbrush in cal in late los angeles downtown los angeles to be specific bridget biddy mason she helped shape the city's downtown area for los angeles uh mason worked Hard as a nurse and midwife until she had enough money to invest in real estate. She was able to buy 10 acres for $250 on which she built rental homes and eventually a large commercial commercial building she rented out. That land she invented in and developed is now the heart of downtown LA. As she amassed her wealth, she also established the first African Methodist Episcopal Church and donated time and money to multiple charities and community programs. So... She helped build up downtown Los Angeles. Bridget, Biddy Mason, we thank you. As black men, we thank you. 3D Movies. It was by Valerie Thomas. She is a she was a uh, inventor and NASA data analyst. Um, when she wasn't 
busy managing the Landstat program, which was which had produced millions of images of Earth. She was inventing the heart, not the heart. She was inventing the technology, which went on to become the premise for more advanced TV screens and modern 3D technology. In the late 70s, Thomas discovered that um, concave mirrors can create the illusion of 3D uh, objects and began experimenting with how she could visually transmit the 3D illusion. In 1980s, Thomas patented her illusion transmitter. Basically what it meant was, if you had worked with 3D uh, creations of computer-wise or anything 3D-wise, you have Valerie Thomas to thank for that, a black woman to thank for that. And better eyesight, uh, Dr. Patricia Bath, she invented a device that drastically improved the process for removing uh, cataracts, which could cause impaired vision and blindness. Today, her probe, which allows for quick and almost painless removal of cataracts, is used around the world. So, if you have a hard time seeing in your eye, and you go to your eye doctor, and he ends up blading you back and laser probing you in the eye to remove your cataracts, you have Dr. Dr. Patricia Bath, Bath to thank for that. She and as a person that wears glasses, that's something that is great because I am used to now wearing glasses. At a time, I was used to wearing contacts, but um, I don't know if I'm going to have cataracts later in my eyes or what the case may be. I don't know. I'm just speaking out there. So I want to give thanks to her right now. So if, if in the later years of my time on this earth, I might have to have something to do with my eyes and it gets removed. I want to say thank you to her right now because I'm telling you right now, I want to get my eyes like done like perfectly straightened out so I won't have to wake up and get my glasses, clean my glasses, and just those little intricate details. I just want to get up and like go, but... Hey, I'm going with my glasses, but still, thank you to Dr. Patricia. And last, lastly, but last but not least, sorry, a better menstrual pad. Do, not doctor, but Mary Patrice Davison Kinner patented many adventures in her life. There was the new and improved bathroom tissue holder, which caught the loose end of toilet paper for easier use and the back scrubber that attached to the shower wall for better uh, executing hygiene. She also patented an adjustable tray and pocket attachment for walkers, which may travel more convenient for people who use walking aids and a san sanitary belt with a moisturizing moisturizer proof napkin pocket, which made the cumbersome uh, pad less messy and more effective. <laughs> She's helped in hygiene. And if you know anything about hygiene, especially now in COVID-19, wash your hands, wear your mask, that this is something that it needs to be praised. Something that catches the toilet paper before it, the loose end of the toilet paper. Come on. Toilet paper, we all use it on an everyday, everyday basis. 
We might not even use a back scrubber for when we take a shower and all these type of things. We Certain people might not even be in walkers right now. Certain people might be in walkers, but toilet paper we use every day. So off that alone, thank you to Miss Mary Kinner. Thank you for that. And that's the tin for that uh, website for Yes Solutions Journalism. I'm not done giving praise to black women yet. I want to give praise to Marie C. Jiminson. Oh, no, not Marie. May Jiminson. She is. She was the first black African-American woman to be admitted into NASA's astronaut training program. And she flew into space with six other astronauts. Do you not know how crazy that is? As a kid, you want to go into space. Every kid wants to go into space. It's only when you don't want to go into space when you get older. Because you know about the world more. But she wanted to go into space and she went into space. That is a lot, man. She was able to be accepted and go off into space. And more about her background. Uh, she, Jimson was very involved in extracurricular activities at Stanford, including dance and theater productions, and served as head of the Black Student Union. She received a Bachelor of Science degree in chemical engineering from the university in 1977. Upon graduating, she entered Cornell University Medical College, and during her years there, found time to expand her horizons by studying in Cuba and Kenya and working at a Cambodian refugees camp in Thailand. Now let me get to when she got picked. On June 4th, 1987, Jensen became the first African American woman to be admitted into the NASA astronaut training program. After more than a year of training, she became the first African American woman astronaut, earning the title of science mission specialist, a job that would make her responsible for conducting crew-related scientific experiments on the space shuttle. A black woman in charge of conducting crew-related scientific experiments on the space shuttle. Science is what NASA is all about. So I think that title was great. I'm not sure if it was great, but I'm personally thinking this because I consider science with, well, science and space with science because you got to know all these type of scientific things to even enter space because it's science for how a rocket that's made of metal to even be going up into space to still be in space and then it comes down into space but nevertheless i give thanks to her for being the first black woman to travel space i give thanks to uh althea gibson the first black player to win the french wimbledon and u.s open championships in tennis which led to Venus and Serena Williams' dominance in tennis for years to come after her. And now you have Naomi Osaka that's carrying on the tennis uh, heritage for black females. There was Sloane Stephens, Coco Golf, Coco Golf, G-A-U-F-F, and many more. I want to give thanks to Hattie McDaniel, the first black actress to be honored with an Oscar. She played... Her Oscar was for Best Supporting Actress in Gone with the Wind, which led to Whoopi Goldberg winning Best Supporting Actress for Ghost in 1990, Halle Berry winning 
Best Actress for Monster Ball 2001. Jennifer Hudson, 2006. Dreamgirls, Best Supporting Actress. Monique, 2009. Precious, Best Supporting Actress. Octavia Spencer, 2011. The Help, Best Supporting Actress. Lupita Nyong'o, 12 Years a Slave, Best Supporting Actress. Viola Davis, Fences. Fences is a great movie. It's a heartfelt movie. It's a strong movie. I didn't get the premise when I watched it before, but going back to watching on YouTube clips, very, very uh, moving. Anyway, Viola Davis, 2016, Fences, Best Supporting Actress. And Regina King, 2018, Best Supporting Actress, If Beale Street Could Talk. Yet again, I want to give thanks to black women for everything that they have accomplished for that. Cicely Tyson, she has had one of the long, she was one of our uh, long story black uh, actor, actresses, just a period black actor in Hollywood. She had a 54 years worth of work in Hollywood, 54 years worth of work that was credited. I mean, and I look back on her career uh, a couple of days ago on Wikipedia, and it only was like probably Three of those years that she wasn't credited, so if we were to really combine all those three years, it's 57 years of work in Hollywood. She had a career from 1966 all the way to 2020. That's that's 54 years that was credited. But without credit, those three years, so that would be 57 years. Yet again, that's a long piece of time to be working in Hollywood. And every time you saw Cicely Tyson, she always played the exact same roles throughout uh, the later part of her years. The old, wise woman that would give you knowledge. And it, I first noticed her in a uh, Tyler Perry movie. I believe it was Diary of an Angry Black Woman. She was in that. and She played the old, wise woman. I saw her in How to Get Away with Murder, Annalise Keating, uh as Annalise's uh, mother, in that she was the old wise woman that had dementia, but she was able to still have her witch, she was able to get Annalise Keaton, Viola Davis, uh, fixed up, and make sure she does what she had to do. I mean, just so many things black women have done in the entertainment business. It's uh, so fortunate, and I'm thankful for them. Please continue on. Um, I want to give thanks to Aaliyah, even in her short time of being here on Earth. She is still remembered to this day. I mean, there are women in the R&B world, even in the rap world, that have the image of Aaliyah as the end-all, be-all for personal appearances and anything else. Aaliyah is our Selena in black culture. Aaliyah is our Selena. I remember as a kid, it was uh, a movie that she did. Uh, let me look up the movie. Hold on one minute. I was a small child, and I remember uh, walking in somewhere to a store, and it was Queen of the Damned. It was Aaliyah as a vampire woman. And just off the DVD cover, I was so infatuated with her, and I looked at her. She was my first uh, crush as a small boy. <laughs> Aaliyah, and I didn't know that she passed any time by the time that whole 
uh, Queen of the Damned appeared. But nevertheless, Aaliyah's presence and style is still felt today in the hip-hop community, in the black community. Aaliyah is our Selena yet again. I'll say it again. There's no other way I can say it. There's no other way I can, like, you can try to even remix it. It is what it is on that. So, thank you to Aaliyah for everything that she has done, or even that short period of time that she was here. Thanks to Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott, who was one of Aaliyah's uh, peoples. Aaliyah, uh, Missy Elliott has produced a whole lot of songs for a whole lot of people and made a whole lot of songs and written a whole lot of songs. I mean, she, she has done so much for uh, rap in R&B. I'm not sure that people understand her influence in music. I mean, it's a hard thing. Versus is such a big platform. I think it'd be a hard time to find somebody to go against uh, Missy Elliott in a versus battle. I think Missy Elliott cleans people up. Missy Elliott is a great uh, hip-hop artist, a great hip-hop producer, a great... Just she's just greatness personified in hip hop. So thanks to Missy Elliott. I want to say thank you to Ella Fitzgerald. She was a jazz singer in 1958. She was the first black female to win a Grammy, which led to uh, black females of Sade, Rihanna, Beyonce, Alicia Keys, India Ari, Janet Jackson, Jill Scott, Mary J. Blige. Brandy and Monica, TLC, Shaka Khan, and many more black females to winning Grammys. It's a hard thing to win a Grammy. It's a hard thing to win an Oscar because you got to do uh, corporate behind the scenes shaking of hands. I don't know how that works because I'm not in that business. I'm just a regular guy just like everybody else. Watching the outcomes happen after everything goes down. I don't know how any of that works. But just to see our black females win Grammys is something. I know this next one might sound controversial. Especially with who I'm about to say is. I want to give thanks to Katherine Jackson. And certain people might say how this is controversial. She is the mother of Michael Jackson and... However you want to think about Michael, that's what I mean by controversy. Katherine Jackson had to raise up children under the reign of Joe Jackson. And we all know Joe Jackson's uh, methods to help, in certain people's words, uh, make the Jacksons who they are this day, to this day, the Jackson dynasty. Some people might say... Uh, Joe pushed him hard, and if he did push him hard, you they always fell back into Catherine uh, Jackson's arms that were wide open to help their babies out. I guarantee you, behind closed doors, Catherine Jackson was giving Joe the business on uh, how the way he was treating her babies. There's no way you're not going to tell me that Catherine Jackson... Was just sitting there and be like, okay, yeah, you're going to do this with my babies. Yeah, okay, right. She, I guarantee she tore into Joe Jackson. And she touched 
her babies and try to and try to just beat them on something so stupid. Like I said, I it it's just something that she, Catherine Jackson had to sit and watch as her kids performed in nightclubs. Then she had to get them up so they can go to school in the morning. She had to sit back and watch as her child, Michael Jackson, went through all these court cases of touching children and the children stuff and the whole media scandal of his skin getting him having vitiligo in the black community. That was something else. Cause I ain't going to lie to you. Whenever I saw Michael Jackson as a child growing up, I thought Michael Jackson was straight up white until my mom was watching The Wiz one day. And I walk in and I'm just seeing it, just looking at it for a brief second. And I asked, like, who's that? And my mom was listening to all that's Diana Ross. And she says, you know who that scarecrow is, right? I said, no, I don't know who the scarecrow is. And she says, that's Michael Jackson. I said, no, it's not Michael Jackson's white. My mom looked at me and she laughed and she said, Oh, you no, Michael Jackson's not white, he's black. I said, Okay, how did he become white? She probably she told me something. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, Catherine Jackson had to sit back and watch as the media pounded and beat down on her son. She had to watch as the media was saying so many horrendous and just terrible things about her child. And I guarantee she would get phone calls from Michael. She'll probably get phone calls from all of her children concerned about Michael. And her as a mother, I guarantee she called her son to keep keep on checking in on him. I guarantee you, there's no way you're going to tell me that she didn't check in on Michael. The biggest star at all times. You're not going to tell me that. You're not going to tell me that Kathy didn't check up on her baby boy. You're not going to tell me that at all. I know a mother's love. I know it. I don't have a mother that is Hollywood like uh, some other people do. But, hey, <laughs> I know a black mother's love when I see one. And she had a lot for her, her child. I want to give uh, thanks to Kanye West, mama, for whenever for all the time that she was here on Earth. And you can tell how devastated Kanye West was and still is now from having lost his mother. Kanye West's mother was everything and still is everything to him to this day, to this exact moment. And the crazy rants that he's on right now, I guarantee you wouldn't be happening right now if he had his black mother around right now. No disrespect to Chris Jenner. No disrespect. But somebody else's mother is not the same as your mother. Your mother is able to contact you at the exact moment and give you a head slap verbally and probably even physically when you act stupid. And that's the love of a mother. And that's the love of a black woman mother. A black woman mother will look at you before you even hit the store and say, don't you touch nothing. Don't you look at nothing. Don't you do nothing. You, if you're going to go into the store, you're going to just walk beside me. And that's about it. Don't you touch nothing. Don't you look at nothing. That's it. All our comedians have made the end of the routine, but every black person knows that whenever they walk into a store with their mother, you just give them this, you just give them that phrase. Finish this phrase for me. When we walk into the store, don't you touch nothing and let them finish you the rest. I guarantee they can finish the rest. They can finish that whole paraphrase because every black child has gotten that from their mama. And they have passed that down 
from generations to generations down because they don't want their child to touch something and or happen to do something in store that will either A, embarrass them, either B, look like a bad parent, or either C, all the above. A black woman, a black mother is essential to a black child's growing up um, procedure in life. Without your black mother, without them, it, you're, you're lost. There's a lot of black men and a lot of black women out here that didn't get the love from their mother and that causes strains on their relationships with the opposite sex or with the same sex, just that relationship, whoever they want to be with. It caused a strain on them because they didn't get that love that they need as a child from their mother. It's much easier for a child not to get love from their father. Because you end up getting that love from your mom. Your mom, in the mainframe, in the data frame, in the um, clothing line, in the DNA process of a child and of civilization, is the mother is the caretaker. The mother is the person that loves upon their child, loves upon them and everything else. But if you don't get that love as a child, you're doomed. And that brings me back to Kanye West. Kanye West was able to get all that love from his mother. And once he lost his mom, everything went off on the deep end. Kanye West is a musical genius. Kanye West is a genius. But without his black mama, we all see the downfall. We all have witnessed the downfall. We all have witnessed the cracks in Kanye West. That wasn't it when his mom was around. Because his mom was able to keep him level-headed and straight-headed. I'm just saying a black mom is very important. That's why black women are important in our culture. If you think of one, here's another example about the you with. Jay-Z and Nas, those two were going at it back and forth. Just going at it, just trading me uh, song for song, song for song. And some people will even say the rivalry is still continuing now because whenever one Nas is about to drop music, Jay-Z is about to drop music right on the exact same day as Nas and people still can see say that's a continuation of the rivalry but getting back to the point in the biggest heated instance of the rivalry whenever uh I believe Jay-Z dropped what this song Jay-Z had to apologize for dropping uh the takeover after Nas dropped ether on him and I'm about to read you something that um what website is this from? Wait a minute. This website is from da 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 da, da celebritybizsheet.com and the title is Jay-Z's mom had him apologize for super ugly diss during historic Nas beef. And let me hear and get you that quote right here. After Ether dropped, Angie Martinez had Jay-Z on Hot 97 radio. He spoke about the feud in his super ugly record. One of the things he shared was that when he that was that he apologized to the women involved in her family. Jay-Z told Martinez his mom called him about the song. According to a 2011 2001 article on Hip Hop DX, he said, "Mom put a call put in a call and said that went too far." So I was like, "Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to shut it down." He added that he didn't consider any woman's feelings, not even his own mom's, and was only focused on retribution. The New York Times also reported Jay-Z admits his mom never ever calls my cell. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the feud between Nas and Jay-Z was at a big point. Two big uh, rappers from New York, the two biggest rappers of all time. One is the GOAT, Jay-Z, that people will consider the GOAT, and certain people will consider uh, Nas the GOAT. Either way, however you want to preference it, Jay-Z's mother had him apologize to Nas in a rap beef because she felt that he went too far. Do you not know the pressure that it is for a rapper to apologize? I'll give you an example. Drake and Pusher T beef. When Drake had to come out and apologize for wearing blackface because Pusher T put that as the cover of his diss song to Drake, the story of Adidon, Drake had to come out and apologize, and everybody looked at Drake as weak and soft for coming out and apologizing. And that would gave Pusha T the wing in that rap beef. So I'm just saying that is the or that is the exact equivalent of whenever your mama tells you, hey yo, you gotta apologize because you went too far. In rap, whenever you apologize, we all look at that as an automatic loss. Jay-Z had enough respect from his mom to say, all right, I'll apologize. That is the force that a black mama has on their black son or black children. Whenever a mama tells you to do something, you do it. Even though you might not agree with it, you still do it. Because you have that respect for her. I'm just saying black women are the backbones of America. Black black women are the backbones of black men. And there's still more congratulatory that I have to give out to for black women. I have to give out shout out to Flojo. Florence Griffin Joyner. She was an American track and field athlete. She is the fastest woman of all time. The world records she set in 1988 for both the 100, mi- 100 meter and 200 meter still stands to this day. Might I add, she wasn't, she's not a, she wasn't a bad looking lady neither. Cause I just went ahead and Google searching. She was pretty, she was, she was pretty, she was pretty. Um, want to give shout outs to Gabby Douglas. She became the first African American gymnast in Olympic history to win the individual all-around event at the 2012 Summer Games. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Angela Davis. She was the leader of the U.S. Communist Party USA. Her affiliation to the Black Panther had FBI watching her. She was in jail for 18 months on charges, but was later acquitted in 1972. They were afraid of a black woman so bad that they had to arrest her but they couldn't get so much evidence on it that they had to acquit her 18 months after her being in jail lockup. That's insane. Yet again, the power of a black woman, black women, understand that you guys have so much power that it frightens people. And that's just another thing. Black women, if you guys could come together, you guys are the most dominant force in America, in the world. Because black women, they'll be on your butt. They'll be on you until something is done. That's just what it is. Black women will make you do something. They'll force you to do something constantly. 
That's just what it is with a black woman. They'll make you do something. They'll make you better than what you than what you are. Because we've seen in a whole lot of instances black men or white men or whatever type of men being with black women and they're at a stand, they're at a point in their life before they got them, but then whenever they get the black woman, you see them their worth increase so much. Example, Jay-Z. He was at a certain point. Then whenever he got hooked with Beyonce, the hottest woman in the game. And people still wonder to this day, how did Jay-Z get Beyonce? But that's another conversation for another different day. Jay-Z was at a certain point, but whenever he got with Beyonce, he got into the main media strat- uh, stratosphere because Beyonce, she was hot across the board. Beyonce was Americana's sweet American pie. Now, since uh, she was she was already the lead singer of Destiny's Child, she was the front of just she was the front woman of Destiny's Child. She had the looks. She was able to dance, and she also had some singing ability with her. She was the she was the whole total package, and she got the rocket ship. White America accepted and loved Beyonce. Black America loved and accepted Beyonce. Uh, gays loved and accepted Beyonce. I mean, just the whole thing. And then whenever she got with Jay-Z, Jay-Z was only aff- affiliated with a lot of the black community and a small minority of the white community that dealt with rap. But whenever she dealt, but whenever Beyonce got with Jay-Z, that put Jay-Z in a whole nother tax bracket, if you will. You Now you got white America looking at Jay-Z. Okay, and investing more into Jay-Z and trying to figure out who is Jay-Z. Who is this guy that Beyonce's with? I'm just saying that's the truth. Black women are beautiful. Black women are intelligent. Black women will build you up. They'll nurture and take care of you when you're sick. Black women, I mean, there's so many attributes for black women. Black women can have a whole podcast themselves they can black women can have a whole month because there's so many things that black women have done throughout this whole world that i'm just one pure mortal that i just can't cover it all but i hope that you enjoyed uh this black woman appreciation portion of the episode i want to give thanks to every black woman that holds it down at home for their family i want to give a special shout out to every black woman in uh sports that are holding it down for black children to see you and they can envision themselves uh being you and hopefully getting to meet you in person and hopefully getting to do and achieve that dream i want to give a shout out to black women in politics kamala harris she's the first black woman as a vp and she might be the first black woman as president if everything goes uh, right, not right, if something happens to go wrong to Joe, something happens to Joe Biden, I'm not wishing that on Joe Biden, I'm just saying if something happens to happen to Joe Biden, she might become my first black uh, female president, I'm just saying that's a possibility, ladies and gentlemen, especially with uh, COVID-19 around, I'm just saying I'm not wishing nothing wrong on uh, Joe Biden, I'm just keeping it uh, real with that. Um, I want to give thanks to uh, Michelle Obama, she was the first black uh, first lady in uh, American uh, politics and American history. 
you can never take that away from her neither. Michelle Obama, she stood by Barack throughout this whole uh, eight years of presidency that he, you see Barack coming in one way and he leaves out <laughs> with more gray on his hair. But Michelle, she just looked the same. Beautiful and lovely coming in, beautiful and lovely coming out. Michelle just looked beautiful and lovely. And I want to give thanks to uh, Michelle Obama for being that black woman that children can look at and being that black woman that every black woman can look at saying that's our woman she stand behind her black man and and thank you to michelle obama for being the black woman that black men can say you know what i want a woman like michelle obama that can be behind uh me they could be right beside me they could push me to greatness uh so i want to give thanks to michelle obama for that i want to give thanks to an appreciation to black uh Actresses, singers, directors, writers, just everything in the field of entertainment. Because without you, it's very, very boring. I'm going to say that right now. Kyle Perry's uh, whole thing is he writes the cat. He writes for black women, but only certain black women can make his vision come true. And the black actresses that are are selected for his roles they make his vision bigger make his vision brighter make his vision become true and attainable to the average looking eye i uh i want to give thanks to in appreciation to every black woman that's writer director uh, actress and musician yet again because i just went on i just probably repeated myself but it just it's you guys give us a lot of entertainment there's a lot of entertainment value. We all come home and we turn on YouTube or we turn on television or we play our favorite uh, artist that we listen to. And I just want to give a shout out to black women for this specifically because it's not a lot of time you see a whole lot. Of, it's not a lot of time you see black women on television. It's not a lot of time you see black women being the number one hit or a hit on YouTube. It's not a lot of times you see a black woman dominating music. But whenever you have those moments, you see a black woman dominating television, dominating music, dominating uh, even YouTube. You get a sense of pride because somebody in your race is dominating. And right now, Regina King is dominating Hollywood. There's a whole lot of black women musicians dominating. You just had uh, her and Jasmine Sullivan at the Super Bowl uh, doing the national anthem. I'm just saying that right now it's a great time to be a female in the entertainment business. I want to give a shout out to all the female physicians whether you're OBGYN, you're a child doctor, you're a adult doctor, you're a veterinarian, you are uh, a woman that's working in uh, helping making the cure or vaccine for COVID-19. Does any woman has made a cure in the past that we don't know nothing about? I want to give thanks to that. I want to give thank you. Thanks and congratulations. I want to give my... Uh, appreciation towards you because there's not a lot of black female doctors that get uh 
media coverage. You see the white men, you see the white females from time to time, but you don't hardly ever see a black female doctors getting their praise and just do. So I want to give thanks to you for that. I want to give thanks also to the three black women that uh, made the Hidden Figures be the movie an actual thing because they're the movie is based off of three black women. Let me get their names real quick. The three black women's names were Katherine Johnson, Dorothy Vaughn, and Mary Jackson. They played a huge part in uh, astronauts even going up into space and for them to even come back down from space. If you haven't watched Hated Figures, that's another movie that's a gem that I suggest you trying to find and watch. They had to show you how they had to go through segregation, and then it just, it's a whole lot that the average person now in this time, we would say, man, please, I ain't doing this. They broke the barrier for people of color to be in NASA, and they broke the barrier for all. A lot of things in the future that we probably don't see, but we'll probably hear about like after I'm dead and gone. So I want to give thanks to them. I want to give thanks to uh, anybody else I didn't mention. But yet again, I still want to give thanks to the black woman just hold, holding it down. Every black woman that I mentioned, every black profession that I mentioned, every black uh, woman profession that I didn't mention. I just want to give thanks to that. Thank you to you. You guys are America's uh, secret brigade of people that will get launched out there when things need to be done. You black women are the America's secret weapon. You guys stay in the chamber until they need you guys to be out there and champion on people. You guys literally are America's biggest uh saving grace black women are the best i want and that's just and people might say joe that sounds completely wrong to be saying that now i'm saying it as a black man because i looked at a lot of things in my life and i've seen how black women were treated after supporting other ethnicities other races or even my own race black men and they get treated worse after supporting us so I want to break that right now and say thank you to every black woman that's just held it down. And that's a constant thing I've been saying throughout this whole episode, black women holding it down. That's what you. That's what black women have been doing. They hold it down. They hold it down in the household. They hold it down everywhere that they go. So I want to say thank you for that. And I hope you enjoyed that portion of me giving thanks to black women um, in this episode. And let me just... Hurry up and read off my predictions for tonight's uh, pay-per-view for NXT, uh, NXT Vengeance Day. I have Io Shirai beating Tony Storms and Mercedes Martinez to win the NXT Women's title. I have Johnny Gagano retaining the uh, NXT North American Championship over Kushida. I have Emma Moon and Shashi Blackheart beating Dakota Kai and Rich uh, Raquel Gonzalez for the Women Dusty Tag Team Classic. I have Grizzle Young Veterans beating MSK. To win the Dusty Tag Team Classic for the men's side. And I have Finn Balor beating Pete Dunne to retain an NXT title. And my uh, choices of the week, I picked AEW again as the number one show of the week. NXT was number two again. SmackDown was number three. Raw's number four. It's the same thing for these past three weeks that I've been saying has been going down. A, uh, 
AEW has been beating the brakes off of NXT. Not too much, but they've been beating them, especially this week because Kenta and Kenny Omega beat uh, Lance Archer and John Moxley. That was the big highlight of AEW, and also the big highlight of AEW as well was Sammy Guevara leaving the inner circle. So that leaves a big question mark: What is the inner circle going to do now that Sammy Guevara has left? Is MJF plan was to be Chris Jericho's uh, golden child of the inner circle, or is this big master grand plan is to take over the inner circle, or is it laid out that MJF wants to be the demise of the inner circle, kill off the inner circle, and probably poach some guys to join him and create his own faction himself. But that was uh, my whole takeaway from wrestling this week. And but the big grand scheme of things, I want to give thanks to black women in general. I want to say thank you for everything that you have done. And I'm going to play uh, the whole song of All I Need by Mary J. Blige and Method Man. And that will conclude my Valentine's Day portion mixed in with uh black women because today what is Valentine's Day. I hope everybody's out there enjoying their Valentine's Day with their loved ones, whoever your Valentine is, or you if you want to be or if you want to make this a whole family day, just create a family environment, atmosphere with the fam for Valentine's Day. Do it. I mean do what you have to do. Cause today is specifically all about love. So Go out there, celebrate uh, love, but I am going to leave you guys with All I Need by Mary J. Blige and Method Man. Um, I hope I don't get uh, copyright stricken for this. If so, hey, it is what it is. I like the song. and It's envisioned everything that black woman is to a, a black man. So let me quit talking. Let me play You're All I Need by Mary J. Blige and Method Man. Like sweet morning dew, I took one look at you, and it was plain to see you were my destiny. You're all I need to get by. Anytime you need me, for real, girl, it's me in your world. Believe me, nothing make a man feel better than a woman. Queen, wear the crown, that be down for whatever. There are few things that's forever. My lady, we can make more or make babies. Back when I was nothing, you made a brother feel like he was something. That's why I'm with you to this day, boo, no frontin'. Even when the skies were great, you would rub me on my back and say, baby, it'll be okay. Now that's real to a brother like me, baby. Never ever get my pussy away and keep it tight. And I'ma walk these dogs so we can live In a fat ass crib with thousands of kids Word life, you don't need a ring to be my wife Just be there for me and I'ma make sure we Be living in the fucking lap of luxury I'm realizing that you didn't have to fuck with me But you did Now I'm going all out, kid And I got mad love to get You my nigga
body and your skin tone Five minutes alone, I'm already on the throne Plus I love the fact you got a mind of your own No need to shop around, you got the good shit at home Even if I'm locked up north, you in the world Rocking three-fourths of fourth, never showing your stuff off, boo It'd be true, me for you, that's how it is I can be your Noah, you can be my wares Then I can be your son, you can be my earth Resurrect the God through birth, best believe You're all that I need, I'll be there for you If you keep it real with me, I'll keep it real with you Loving your whole steeds, it be in there, boo On top of that, you got the good power, you You're all that I need, I'll be there for you If you keep it real with me, I'll keep it real with you Loving your whole steeds, it be in there, boo On top of that, you got the good power, you Jorani by Method Man and Mary J. Blige. Thank you for sticking around. After that, um, this is uh, Gerald Garrett G2. This is my two cents presented by G2. This isn't a this isn't a farewell. This is until you hear this sweet voice again. Um, I love you guys. There is light at the end of the tunnel. You just gotta keep pushing. Everything will be fine. And um, I love you guys. Like I said, this is a farewell. This is until you hear this voice again. I've been your host, uh, G2 Gerald Garrett. And um, I'll see you guys uh, next episode. Peace.